Jewel Radio presents What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news you can use. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to What She Said, brought to you tonight by Roar Publishing. Concept to content. I'm Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler. Now, with all the social media sites out there vying for a look or a click, it's hard for the average person or business owner to know where to invest their time and their money. Mm, Well, joining us is a business coach, Gloria McDonald, who says for business owners, the gold mine that beats them all is LinkedIn, if and only if you know how to harness it. And she's going to share some tips on just how to do that. Acclaimed sci-fi author Kaz Lefebvre joins us to talk about her book series and her mission to save the oceans. Mm. Now, Anne Brody previews what is hitting the big screens each weekend. In fact, the small screens, too. And what her thoughts are. She really likes Patty Cakes. It's the dramatic coming-of-age story about a girl who's gifted, determined, smart, and admirable, and an aspiring rapper looking for meaning in her life. She's fierce and brilliant and... And he says she's going to make you cry. Yeah, and it's a sleeper. What a cast. Callum Turner, Kate Beckinsale, Pierce Brosnan, Cynthia Nixon, uh, starring in Mark Webb's The Only Living Boy in New York, another coming-of-age story, this time about a young fellow thrown off when he learns of his father's mistress. Have we not heard this story before? I thought we, I thought, I, yes, I thought we saw it. Sounds, it sounds like it's a Manhattan story. Yes, as they exactly. Say. Yeah. Candace, uh, our travel expert, Candace Derricks, has not been sitting around idly doing nothing, twiddling her thumbs this summer. She is going to be joining us to talk about traveling to Holland and visiting The Hague and Amsterdam, a place on many people's list for sure. And I didn't, you know, I've just found out it was Candace's first time there. Absolutely. And, and her it. husband, who is actually Dutch-born, I think. Yes. He hasn't been in 30 years. Well, so there you go. I've, I've just added it to my bucket list. But anyway, we do have an excellent healthcare system in this country, despite the odd complaint about waiting times and difficulties in finding a doctor and specialist if you need one. But mm-hmm. occasionally, something does go terribly wrong. So what happens then? McLeish Orlando's Lindsay Charles is going to talk to us about medical malpractice suits, when to launch one, and how difficult or not it may be to prove. Now, the iconic Leona Boyd is going to join us in our live studio sessions. She has a new book out, No Remedy for Love, in which she looks like a bit of a femme fatale on the cover, let me tell you. Um, It is going to be a good read. I'm excited for that. And she is going uh, to join us here and tell us all about her new album. And we've got some giveaways, Christine. Yes, we do. We have a pair of tickets to give away to the ninth annual Joy of Aging event in October. Visit whatshesaidtalk.com for contest details. This is a fun and informative morning about brain health and proceeds go to the McKenzie Health Foundation. As well, we have a $100 Walmart Canada gift card to be won. Just go to whatshesaidtalk.com um, under contests for all the details. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break with Gloria McDonald and the power of knowing how to use LinkedIn. This is what she said. Stay with us. Do you know someone with tingling, numbness, or pain in their hands or feet? Do you know someone with poor balance, difficulty walking, or at risk of falling? 
These may be symptoms of nerve damage caused by diabetes. Nutarnic Essentials Diabetic Neuropathy Supplement is targeted nutritional therapy for the maintenance of your health. Developed by Dr. Evan Lewis, an expert on nerve health and regeneration. Learn how to optimize your health today at Nutarnic.com. That's N-U-T-A-R-N-I-Q.com. all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, to help boost our businesses. But one successful business coach says, we have been ignoring the real goldmine. Kate, what do you think the real goldmine is? Well, according to Gloria McDonald, who's sitting in our studio, it is LinkedIn. And I got to tell you, I'm beginning to agree with you, Gloria. Welcome to what she said. Thank you. Great to be here. Now, Gloria, I'm not great on social media. Kate's much more um, sort of uh, comfortable on it. But I have always thought of LinkedIn as the poor, boring cousin. But you say LinkedIn is the star. How so? Well, it is absolutely an untapped goldmine for business. You know, people have said to me, yes, Gloria, but there are billions of people on Facebook. Well, that might be so. But if you're talking about business, there are 12-year-olds on Facebook you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> my my granddaughter, my friend's granddaughter's on Facebook, my 87-year-old father-in-law's on Facebook. They're not doing business on Facebook, but LinkedIn is truly the untapped goldmine for business. Well, what makes it so valuable? Because we generally think of it or have traditionally thought of it as a place to maybe get a job. Yes, exactly. And that is, if you're a business owner, if you're, you know, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, uh, That is the wrong way to look at LinkedIn. And you're absolutely right. So many people think of it as a place where you just post your resume or your CV and you're there to find a job. But the beauty of LinkedIn is you can highly target your perfect prospect. So whether you have a local business, you know, you can target people just in your community. Uh, You can target uh, people from a certain university. You can target people all over the world. You can target people in companies and countries. You can target people by their profession. So it's incredibly powerful. So it, it takes work. I'm just, as I said, I'm just like sort of delving into it and, and building it up. And I don't understand fully how to, you know, harness the power of LinkedIn. I'm connecting with a lot of people, but that's right. not enough. No, it's absolutely not enough. You really have to have what I teach people is you have to have value. You have to lead with value. So don't spam social media, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn or anything. Don't spam social media with your product or your service, but lead with value. So you have to offer your ideal prospect something that would be valuable to them. Um, So let's just say you're in a weight loss industry or something. Maybe you're a weight loss coach or you're Mm -hmm. a nutritionist or whatever. You want to connect with people. And on LinkedIn, there are all kinds of groups. In fact, there are, I think there's something like, there are over 1,500 groups that deal specifically with weight loss. So you could post in those groups and maybe uh, create a special ebook on tips, top 10 tips for how to lose weight or special recipes or, you know, whatever, but you want to lead with value. And it's, so first of all, it's really knowing who your target audience is. If you don't have a clue who your target audience is, who your ideal prospect is, then no social media platform is going to work for you. So that's first. And then it's all about how do you target and then connect and then convert. That's what I call it my TCC 
platform. Well, obviously, you are an expert at this, and many people have a lot to learn. Um, so you do have a free webinar. Yes, I do a free on webinar. On harnessing the power of LinkedIn. So tell us what people would learn from that. Well, they'd learn a lot more about digging into that TCC formula, the target, uh, connect, and then convert. And, uh, and I give them what I call my 25 MNP <laughs> methodology. I literally spend one hour a day on LinkedIn, and um, I invite 25 people a day to connect with me. I send messages. That's what the M stands for. I send targeted messages, and I, I teach people how to send effective messages. I notify, I look at all my notifications, and I respond to my notifications on LinkedIn. And then P is post. How often should you post? What should you post? Because LinkedIn is entirely different than any other social media platform. People are there to do business, to learn something about business, um, you know, to communicate around business. So it's not the platform where you put the cutesy pictures of your dog, your puppy, your baby up there. And in fact, when I see people doing that, I just cringe. So I really teach people how effective LinkedIn is and how to use it differently than all the other social media platforms. How long does it take to become expert at this? Well, I do a five-week program. And literally in five weeks, you can be really, really efficient and fluid in LinkedIn and how to use it. And you can be making money. I teach people how to turn their profile into a make money while you sleep machine. Well, who doesn't want to learn that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not talking much. I'm absorbing here. Yeah, I know. I know. So give us an example. If for somebody listening, give us an example of... of making money while you sleep or, or sure. some business that you've coached and they've turned things around? Yeah. Um, let's take someone who's in maybe skincare or something like that. They've got a skincare business, a spa, something. So you would connect with people if you're if you have a spa and it's local, obviously, you would connect with people in your community mm -hmm. and you give people information. And you offer them something free. And what you really want to do is you want to use LinkedIn as a tool to build your own personal email list so that you're communicating with your prospects and you're sending your prospects, first of all, free offers, something of, of interest to them. And then maybe, you know, if you've got a, a retail uh, store or something, then maybe coupons or, you know, a special to get them into your store. If you've got an online uh, business then LinkedIn is even more powerful. LinkedIn is so powerful for online marketers. Because their LinkedIn members are more affluent? Is that one of Yes, the LinkedIn uh, members are two times more affluent than the average internet user. Really? Yes. And therefore they would have twice the buying power. Exactly. Okay. Now, have people who have taken your course or your webinar, um, ha has anyone come back to you and said, oh, you saved, you saved my life? Well, they've, what they've said is, oh, my gosh, I never knew my business could be this easy. I never knew I could get prospects and customers so easily using LinkedIn. And, and it's far outperforming Facebook. Everybody thinks the money's in Facebook. I'm telling you, people are on Facebook to look at cute pictures, not to do business. What about promoted posts on LinkedIn because um, we we do targeted promoted posts on, on Facebook. I didn't find them very effective on Twitter. Um, how do they rank on LinkedIn? Well, first of all, I train people not to start 
with paying for any advertising or even paying for a LinkedIn service. So what I teach is all free, you know, using the free version of LinkedIn, not paying for ads to start. Because if you can get your business really rocking and rolling without paying for anything on LinkedIn, then you'll find that the paid ads will work even better. But start not paying for anything because I I bet you you can start making money before. So you test it out for free. So the course is five weeks. Yes. But um, how long does it take for someone who who hasn't understood this Mm -hmm. uh, to become really proficient like you are and really know how it works inside out? Seriously, you can you can be very proficient in five weeks. I mean, I have people that literally within a day after taking my course who have never been on LinkedIn at all have a great profile up there. They're starting to make really quality uh, targeted uh, connections and they're getting prospects. So tell us about the webinar that's coming up. How do people connect with you for that? They can go on my website, www.GloriaMacDonald, that's M-A-C-D-O-N-A-L-D.com, GloriaMacDonald.com. Is this something that you offer frequently? Like yes. Like if you, you miss yeah. it, it'll come around again. Absolutely. And so it's going to uh, teach me the basics or is it going to lead me to your course because I would gather you are offering something of value, Gloria. Absolutely, I am. (laughs) So on the webinar, you'll get a really good overview and it will really open your eyes to the power of LinkedIn and how Mm -hmm. easy it is to use LinkedIn and how you don't have to spend hours and waste tons of time. Like certainly in my experience, and it sounds like in your experience, you've spent a lot of time on Facebook too and, and, you know, Learning different social media aspects, yeah. but I spend about I spend about an hour in the mm-hmm. evening on LinkedIn. I sit there, you know, with my laptop, and I connect with different people, and then start the conversation the next the next day. Follow right. up with emails. Yeah. yeah. So the the webinar is going to give people really great overview and show them how easy it is to use LinkedIn and how powerful it can be. And then obviously from there, I am offering people a way to work with me because in my experience, what I've found is there are two ways to do anything. You can do it alone. You can go it alone, Mm -hmm. which in my experience is the hard way, you know, waste a ton of time and effort and frustration and discouragement. Or you can take the hand of somebody who's already been down the road that you want to go down and has figured out how to do it and has been successful. Sounds great. So www.gloriamcdonald.com. Yes. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this evening and sharing this with our listeners. My pleasure. Thank you for having me here. This is what she said. Stay with us. Join us October 22nd at Bellevue Manor in Vaughan for a morning of fun, learning, and great camaraderie. Learn how to stay sharp as you age with guest speakers Dr. Vivian Brown, Dr. Nazarene Katri, and MC Camilla Scott. A wonderful morning of breakfast, entertainment, special treats, and all proceeds go to Mackenzie Health Foundation to support the Domestic Assault and Sexual Abuse Center. Go to thejoyofaging.ca for more info and see you on October 22nd. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KernsandCo.com. Everyone needs an edge to compete. 
At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. <laughs> Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I do can't it again. do it. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> What that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. It's not often we venture into the world of science fiction on this show, but this evening is different. We're delighted to welcome one of Canada's foremost science fiction authors, a woman who is on a mission, Kaz Lafave. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you, and welcome, Kate. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, before we even get to sci-fi, you've had more careers than a family of 10. Tell us where, where you started and the winding path you have been on. Well, I started in engineering, so I went to Queen's University and studied electrical engineering and computer science, and I worked for a number of years as a computer software engineer in different, different facets of the in- actual engineering life cycle. And uh, at a certain point, I realized that I wasn't really getting uh, where I wanted to be in life, and I took a year off, so I started writing some music. And uh, I had a band for two weeks. <laughs> so two weeks? <laughs> that didn't work. That didn't work. Uh, yeah, I took singing lessons. I was like, eh, no. <laughs> but uh, I really liked the, I enjoyed the writing part of it. Right. And uh, so I did that for a while. And then w- what happened after, you know, doing that, that writing, I decided I, w- I was not going to go back into um, IT. And I went back to school in fashion because I was really interested in doing uh costumes. I, I was starting to do stuff at Halloween. So I went to the Richard Robinson Fashion Design Academy in Ottawa and learned all the haute couture techniques. So all the handwork, I just loved it. So I went from a two-year program there and then I opened a boutique in uh, Ottawa. At first I did it out of my home and then I opened a boutique in Yorkville and I did uh, gowns. So I, uh, my uh, teachers were saying I'm, I'm more building a bridge because they're very, very complex, more like puzzle-like with lots of different interpretations. So I had a collection of musical instruments. A bit of engineering mm-hmm. sort of going into the design. I was very much a pattern-based person on the flat. Uh, I, less, less of the, um, the sculpting. Um, mm-hmm. That's what they call draping. And it was very precise. So I had all these pieces and puzzles and I would, I would do all these mixes of silks and come up with all these gowns that were really objects. And then from that, didn't quite work. I went into hypnosis and personal training, really into the health field. I started to dabble a little bit in an IT product that wasn't a health field that was I was working on. At the same time, the story was coming, this, this world. And I was uh, investigating water and the meaning of water and um, Masaramoto's work as well. Well, the Nemesine series is a trilogy with the third and final book, but it's not really the final book, I know, uh, to be released next year. Tell our listeners what this story is about, this dystopian ecosystem we're going to enter. Well, it's in our future where oceans have died. They've gone anoxic, which means that there's very low oxygen or no oxygen in depths. So that's really what's happening right now in the world. And uh, so follows a set of uh, 
twins, girl and boy, from the age of 18 to 27. And they start off um, looking for answers about their mother's death, who's died in the psych ward, and the daughter's having the same problems. So as they discover the, the answers, or as they're looking for the answers and trying to understand where they fit in the world, they discover that they're the key to something really big that's happening, and it has to do with their mother. So they're on a path to discovery of you know, what the meaning, and the world is changing at the same time. And it's kind of a big, big brother society. Some people know who the twins are. There's a bunch of subcultures that think they know. So it's a big mystery, murder mystery, discovery of, of what the meaning of water is and the universe. And what But the are. message behind it is very powerful. What's the end goal for you? The end goal is to connect people with water as, as a... Not as a commodity, but as as an entity, because water has a, a lot of very interesting properties that we are just discovering now. So Masaru Moto's work talks about water and memory, that water can actually maintain the memory of something uh, through through your intention, your thoughts or intention, and they create vibrations, and water can capture those vibra- vibrations. Water also has the behavior uh, to, um, if you play certain music to it, not music, but a uh, a signature of a virus and you give water um, the elements of the proteins, it can recreate the DNA based on the sequencing. It's really quite amazing. It does a lot of weird things in space. And the way it exists for us, it's it's everywhere in every state at all times. Uh, so there's a little bit more to water than than we would imagine. So my, my goal is to connect people with water at a more visceral level uh, through movies as well. And um, if we, we love water and understand water and are empowered as well as part of the subculture in the story, there's an empowerment movement that we will start to care and we will avoid the dystopian world that I kind of see coming. So you also yeah. created Aguacine. That's an mm-hmm. eco-publishing mm-hmm. company. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Aguacine as well as a play on water, mm-hmm. epoch of water. Uh, my goal is to not leave an impact. So part of the Aguacine mission is to publish with the best, the highest paper, uh, like the FSC paper, and publish it without plastics and the products to stay environmental and plastics that are part of of the whole mission. So Aguacine itself also has a fund at Tides Canada, and I'm funding water projects. So my first concentration is in the north, in the Beaufort Sierra, Mackenzie River. And so I'm, I'm focusing on that for now. What do, what do we need to know about water in our world? What would you like to people to know? Take away from this one thing, if you could just tell them one thing. I would say treat water like you would treat your own child or your own self because it's not a commodity. It's not a right. It's not a, a, it's to be sold. It's actually who we are. And, and we are water. So if we would hurt ourselves... That doesn't really make sense. So if you think of water as being who you are, it's everywhere. We're in it. We are water. We are just a manifestation of water. Then would we do what we're doing to it? Why do you think it is that you obviously feel that a lot of human beings don't have any respect or don't really appreciate the value of water? Um, Well, the way we're treating water in the sense of industry, um, we're fracking and that is a big, big polluter. We're farming and sending crap essentially into our oceans, open sewage. Um, we're selling and bottling water, mm-hmm. uh, taking it from regions and putting it elsewhere, making profit over water, um, and you know, taking away from from the animals as well. I mean, it's not just humans that are on the planet. So we don't really treat water as um, as part of our own self. We we treat it as something that we just 
put in our body, we buy, we we move around. It, it's not part of us as a as a being. We don't really understand. Right yeah. now, you have a uh, a vision to take uh, Nemesine to a new beyond three D experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I'd like to have a connection in a way that's. It's not a 3D movie, but you're actually drawn into it and you are part of the experience. So I see it as more of an event, maybe a theater event that involves 3D as a modality, but involves much more. Um, just in the way that the cinematography is taken, just the way you become involved in it instead of it being a spectator. Um, I'm not sure logistic-wise how it's going to happen, but there's technology out there that can, and uh, it's just going to get better. Now, you're um, going to be appearing at the 23rd Annual Fan Expo Canada, the largest mm-hmm. comic, sci-fi, horror, anime, and gaming event in Canada. That's from August 30th to September 3rd. How much fun is that going to be? That's always a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, lo- I mean, that because of the part where I was doing costuming, I love cosplay. I love watching people come in with their costumes. So I'm, I'm back there at, at booth 503, but I get to see everybody walk by and, and all that. I just have to be behind the table. But uh, it's fun. It really is fun. So how, tell, where can your fans connect with you and, and your cause? Well, they can connect uh, if they go to nemesine.com. That's mm-hmm. N-E-M-E-C-E-N-E.com. That's the major website. Or they can go to Lead the Creed, which would be the movement, leadthecreed.com. And that's part of this, this movement that's empowering. So the value system. Lead and the Creed. Lead the Creed. So this is all part of the uh, subculture called the Gadlins. And it's empowering people uh, to have a, a value system of gratitude, unity, nurture, opulence, trust, and honor. So with that value system, we can actually empower ourselves. By caring about ourselves, we can empower the world as well. So well, you're kind of, that's how you're building out from the storyline mm-hmm. into the real world. Yeah. yeah. And through providing not only, and that's not only about water, it's about a value system, which is really personal development and empowerment and showing that, you know, if you, if you have these values, we're not going to be killing each other. We're not going to be, you know, in this lack mentality. Yeah. If there were one thing you would ask people to do, and I know this is going to be hard for you, what would it be? To, it, in order to do for... To um, help water. To help water. I would say right now, ditch the plastic bottles. <laughs> Like, yep. do not use plastic, like nothing. Don't Just buy bottled go water. To do, all what, the manu- do what we're Do not buy a bottled water. Um, go to manufacturers and ask them to change their packaging. Better yet, let them do the whole full cycle. Take the packaging back, like get the jars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very difficult. Even I, I buy organic and it all comes in plastic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's really people going and saying, no, I refuse your packaging. So I, I implore, implore people who are in manufacturing to come out with packaging and then take over that market. They're going to wake up. Yeah, well, I mean, we yeah. fill up our, our bottles, yeah. but they're still plastic. But we yeah. we don't buy bottled water. No, yeah. No, it's, yeah, no, no, no I no. drink from the tap. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mm. You know, it's fine. So they can find out all about this again at kazlafave.com? I'm, I have a blog that I'm putting together. So right now it's going to direct you to the Facebook, but uh, I am putting that together as an aggregate of what uh-huh. I'm doing. Uh, and then leadthecreed.com will get them into the world. They can uh-huh. sign up. And when they sign up, they get their own biochip number. That's also part of the story. And they can invite friends. It gets attached to them. And I'm growing these circles. So it's going to turn into a big game as well. So I'm, wow. I'm doing it through engagement. And it's multimedia. There's games yeah. coming out and there's all sorts of Knowing different. you is very complicated, but lots of fun. <laughs> it's very fun. 
Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. This is What She Said. We'll be right back. What She Said is more than women-positive news. First, it's a radio show on the Jewel Network with a dedicated and growing audience of affluent men and women aged 35+. plus. But What She Said is also a digital platform with thousands of followers, the ideal target market for your brand. What She Said features companies and trendsetters, those on the leading edge of fashion, business, lifestyle, entertainment, travel, technology, and finance. Get your brand on What She Said and get results. Go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Adding some extra sparkle to your home is easy with Glass Lighting Gallery. Now with two locations to serve you, each featuring hundreds of in-stock pennants, lamps, and chandeliers to choose from. And both come with Glass Lighting Gallery's friendly staff that will help you find the perfect lighting solution for your home. It's bling for your home at Glass Lighting Gallery, 28 Commerce Park Drive in Barrie, and now open in Aurelia at the corner of Mississauga and West Street. Visit glasslightinggallery.ca. Fear of missing out? FOMO flies out the door when you listen to Lena. Who knew? I hope everyone will know by the end of this segment. Every time you come in, you have such great news to share with us. Oh, thank you. I love sharing great news. Yes, I want everyone to know about it because it is such a great cause. I almost had tears in my eyes. It is phenomenal. OMG. OMG. Join What She Said Weekends and find out what lifestyle blogger Lena Almeida is loving. Back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. Saturday night and the moon is who cares what picture you see. And it is Saturday Night at the Movies. Joining us now is our film critic, Anne Brody. Now, Patty Cakes, they say, is a sleeper, and that means it's a good thing. That's a good thing. It doesn't mean you're going to go to sleep in a theater <laughs> or that it's going to die a sad death. No, this is a film that's literally coming out of nowhere, and people are going to love it. I cried my eyes out watching it. Really? And it's a tough story. It's about a girl who's... You know, quite obese, but and she knows what she wants, and she's always hearing, no, you can't have it. So she just decides to take the world the way she can. And she's got a mother played by this incredible woman, uh, Bridget, Bridget Jones, I think. No, not Bridget Jones. Bridget somebody. Anyway, she's an actress. Everett. Very, yeah. Everett. Yeah. She's had a very good career. I had no clue she could sing, and she belts it out. It just gives you shivers. And the grandmother is played by Kathy Moriarty, who you might remember from a lot of Scorsese films. And yeah. She's in a wheelchair, and she becomes part of the hip-hop band Are you <laughs> that kidding? Patty Cakes joins, yes, or creates, yes. It is so good. Patty is so incredibly charismatic. You'll just fall in love with her. I'm really glad that, that we're talking about this because I've seen trailers and because uh, I think I saw a movie last week and I thought, oh, I don't think this is for me. And now you're oh, saying, yeah. so th- they picked the wrong trailer. They pick, Yeah, that happens quite a bit. And that's why I sort of consciously don't watch trailers because they can give you the wrong idea. They can give you the entire film in two minutes. Yeah. yeah, they're just they're just a bad idea. <laughs> it's a little hard though when you're sitting there in the movie waiting for your movie to start <laughs> to avoid it. it. <laughs> That's why you go in late. Oh, okay, <laughs> in late, out early. <laughs> now this next one, the Queen of Spain, Carrie Elways and Mandy Patinkin reunited from Princess Bride. Yeah, one of my favorite films with 
Penelope Sorry. Cruz. Yes, with Penelope Cruz. And it is the strangest film I think I've ever seen. <laughs> really? It's trying to be this ensemble comedy about a f- movie set in Spain where Penelope Cruz has become a huge star in Hollywood. She comes back to Spain to make a film. She's going to play Queen Isabella. But it, And there's so many things going on, disasters everywhere you look. I mean, it's like a Lucy Desi kind of a mm-hmm. show. But it makes no sense. I'm scratching my head. And thinking, what am I watching? So, you know, not a success, not a complete success. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that one's not good. What about The Only Living Boy in New York? Pierce Brosnan, Kate Beckinsale, Cynthia Nixon, yeah. Jeff Bridges. Yeah, yeah, cast. great cast. Yeah, interesting film. And it's the second film that's come along about a Manhattan uh, millennial who's discovered that his parents are cheating on one another. <laughs> Big topic these days. So he is, um, he has a girl that he loves. She doesn't love him back. He decides to grab her attention. However, his plan is interfered with when the two of them are out and he sees his father cuddling up with Kate Beckinsale. So that's not good. He follows them. He gets to know her. Turns out that she knows about him and they start sleeping together. I mean, it's a mess. It's such a Manhattan story. It's, it's, it's kind of funny, kind of dry. But the thing I think I like most about it is that it's analog. It's an analog film. It's about listening to vinyl. It's about going to poetry readings and, and having conversations and not using your phone. And it feels, it feels uh, really connected and authentic in that way. So, and Cynthia Nixon plays the, um, the, the woman who's being cheated upon. She is amazing. She plays a bipolar character and she has such dignity and, and presence. And, you know, she, you can see her struggling with this disorder that she has. That alone is worth seeing. What about The Sinner? Because I'm seeing lots of trailers for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's only the trailer as far as, in as far as I've seen, you know, the episodes. Jessica Beale is uh, an ordinary wife and mother. She's on the beach with her kid and her husband, and she uh, suddenly is seized with, with this idea, grabs her fruit knife and goes and stabs some guy to death. So she is in prison. And the rest of it is going to be this look into her past. What drove her to this point, this seemingly normal woman? What do we know about her that, what can we learn about her that, that isn't known? And what would possibly cause her to act out this way? So, you know, Jessica Beale looks sensational in that she has no makeup. Her hair is just the way it is when she was uh, arrested. She doesn't have baths. She... And she's so into it. Do you remember when Farrah Fawcett first did that kind of role years and mm-hmm. years ago? Same thing. So good. Beale is so good. The bur- was the burning bed? Was that fair? Burning yeah. bed. No, that's no. the so, one. Uh, PBS Secrets of the Dead. Yes. <laughs> King Richard the <laughs> Third. I love these things. It's sort of like you know artistic historical forensics. So they dug up his, uh, or they, at least they found his remains in a parking lot in uh, two thousand. What is it? Ten. 12, whatever. And then they reburied him in 2013, uh, 2013 with an enormous uh, TV audience. But it turns out he had a, an incredibly twisted spine. And so he was unfit for battle. And of course, he was killed in, in battle. Uh, but th- so much is discovered about him. It's quite fascinating. And I would highly recommend it to anyone who likes a good story. 
Well, you know what? Less than 24 hours until another episode of Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Sunday at 9. Thank you so much, Anne. You're welcome. (laughs) Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. If you can oh, I want to fly with her and fly away. <laughs> Joining us now is our travel expert, Candace Derricks. Uh, welcome back to What She Said. Thank you. It's good to be back. And this evening, we are talking about visiting The Hague and Amsterdam. Yes. Can't believe you didn't take us. Oh, it, you know what? What a wonderful trip. My husband's family is uh, from Holland. Mm-hmm. And from the, for the last 17 years, I've literally been listening to my husband say to me, if it ain't Dutch, it ain't much. And I would roll my eyes and say, oh, my God. But you know what? I now have to agree with him. I am in love with Holland. It was Uh, your first time there? Yes. Really? Yes. My husband hasn't been there in um, 30 years. Mm -hmm. It was a long time for him, too. And we took uh, our three children. And so it was just... Brave woman. It was, well, you know, they're not really kids. I mean, they're 24, 14, and 12. So, you know, good age to take them. No diapers. Yeah. Uh. So it it was nice. Um, So, you know, we toyed with visiting other countries um, while we were there. You know, everything, Germany is so close and Belgium. But we were so enamored with uh, the Netherlands. We're just, we're not leaving. Uh, So I just wanted to kind of focus on the first half of our trip today, which was... um, split between The Hague and Amsterdam. Uh, The Hague is actually my hometown, Ottawa's sister city. And I didn't know that. Um, Actually, somebody from uh, Tourism Holland pointed that out to me. And uh, which is probably why I fell in love with it so much. It's just felt warm and welcoming. And it was sort of the perfect jumping off point to our holiday. It was just um, contrasted against Amsterdam. It was a bit of a slower pace. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's also this really... uh, great mix of old and new architecture. Have you ever been? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love how they are so thoughtful about design in Holland when they put up a new building that it fits with the old mm-hmm. uh, and everything's bright and light. It's just, uh, it's fascinating. So a few places to see in The Hague would be the Binnenhof, uh, which was, um, you can look at a million pictures of this place, but until you see it in person, it doesn't really, you don't really get the beauty of this building, um, which dates back to the 13th century. Which really makes us, you know, we're here celebrating our 150th. Like we're babies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We are such babies compared to these places. Uh, also this year, The Hague is celebrating 200 years of distill from Mondrian to Dutch design. Um, and so a lot of people have probably never heard of Mondrian, but they definitely know his iconic yellow, uh, red, and blue block Art. Absolutely. I have a I have a dress with a Mondrian pen well, the, <laughs> on it. The fun thing about um, the Hague this year is they are actually celebrating it everywhere. So they've put these blocks on public stairs, store windows, buildings are blocked out, statues have this these blocks on it. Um, and then finally in the Hague, you don't want to miss um, Maduro Dam, which is um, like a miniature um, replicas of some of Holland's most famous um attractions and buildings and so it's sort of cutesy that way but when you scratch the surface just a little bit you find out it's actually a really heartwarming war memorial that was built for uh, by George Maduro's parents built in the honor of their son who died in World War II to capture Holland at its best and so you actually can't help but be like a little misty and you know and it's a happy war memorial which is really unique right 
Um, and then on to Amsterdam, which was just sort of, wow. Amsterdam is crazy. Crazy. Yes, it is. <laughs> and, where, and which district were you hanging out Well, you know, I'm just going to say the red light district is not quite as scandalous as I think most people think it is. No. It really, we took my, my daughters in there and they were just sort of underwhelmed. <laughs> women knitting in windows. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you really want to get is an I Amsterdam card when you get there. Um, which you can purchase online at iamsterdam.com. You can buy them in 24, 48, or 72, or even 96-hour increments. And it gets you all of your public transportation, uh, free entrance to many of Amsterdam's museums and attractions, and a free canal cruise, which I think Mm -hmm. is the best way to start off any um, trip in Amsterdam is to take a canal cruise because it really gives you a sense of of Amsterdam mm-hmm. gives you some history, gives you some perspective of where you want to go and what you want to see when you're in and walking around. Christine would hate it though because of all the cyclists. Oh my gosh, the cyclists are crazy! <laughs> like you really have to watch where you're walking. <laughs> well, in, in Europe anyway. I mean, but yeah, they, but, they but are, Holland takes it to yeah, a whole new uh, level. Maybe, perhaps <laughs> I think we're just babies here. Yes, we are. We are. And but I just wanted to quickly add about Anne Frank because. I think there's no better time right now than people to go to go visit the mm-hmm. Anne Frank house. And but make sure you book ahead of time, because the line for Anne Frank wraps for blocks. Really? Yes. So book uh, book online, and you can skip the line and go in. Did you mm-hmm. go up the very top ladder? We did. Yeah. So it, it was really just um, it, very uh, somber mm-hmm. uh, and moving. And I'm glad that my daughters were able to see it. it was important. Yeah. So tell everyone how they can follow you and connect with well, you. Well, I'm going to have a whole bunch of information up on Life in Pleasantville. And they can go to holland.com uh, to find out information about Amsterdam and where to visit in The Hague. Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank you. Even though I'm still upset that you didn't take us. <laughs> well, we're talking about going back next year. We'll okay. see. Okay. All right. Just tell me when. Give me the dates. And we'll chat with you in a few weeks. Great. This is what she said. Stay with us. Do you know someone with tingling, numbness, or pain in their hands or feet? Do you know someone with poor balance, difficulty walking, or at risk of falling? These may be symptoms of nerve damage caused by diabetes. Nutarnic Essentials Diabetic Neuropathy Supplement is targeted nutritional therapy for the maintenance of your health. Developed by Dr. Evan Lewis, an expert on nerve health and regeneration. Learn how to optimize your health today at Nutarnic.com. That's N-U-T-A-R-N-I-Q.com. Everyone needs an edge to compete. At the Chang School of Continuing Education at Ryerson University, our courses and programs will equip you with skills that are in demand in today's workplace. Enroll now at the Chang School at Ryerson University, where ambition meets professionalism. Boomer Nutrition Energy Protein Powder is the first protein supplement specifically designed for people over 40. Their research-based formula helps your body combat aging by maintaining lean muscle and slowing age-related muscle loss with added B vitamins for energy and leucine. Boomer Nutrition Protein Powder helps you increase metabolism and support a healthy lifestyle. Use code WSSRADIO at Amazon.ca to save 25%. Visit MyBoomerNutrition.com for details. Be ageless. Live your life with Boomer Nutrition. What She Said is more than women-positive news. First, it's a radio show on the Jewel Network with a dedicated and growing audience of affluent men and women aged 35+. But What She Said is also a digital platform with thousands of followers, the ideal target market for your brand. 
What She Said features companies and trendsetters, those on the leading edge of fashion, business, lifestyle, entertainment, travel, technology, and finance. Get your brand on What She Said and get results. Go to whatshesaidtalk.com. You're listening to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Women positive news you can use on Jewel Radio. there's no denying that Canada has some of the best doctors in the world, and nurses for that matter, and for the most part, they are highly professional. However, mistakes do happen. Medical errors contribute to between 23,000 and 60,000 deaths in Canada annually and cause pain and suffering to many more individuals. Joining us this evening to talk about this is Lindsay Charles, an esteemed personal injury lawyer with McLeish Orlando. Welcome back to the show, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. That is quite a stat, Twenty-three to 60,000 deaths in Canada. Yes, it's a bit alarming. <laughs> so um, what do you need to prove to have a successful medical malpractice case? Sure. So there's two things that you have to look at when you're determining whether or not you want to start a lawsuit for a medical malpractice lawsuit. So first is the standard of care. So what you first have to show is that the treatment that you were provided falls below the level to which a reasonable doctor that is the same kind of training or specialty would have provided to you. So how would you go about doing that? So usually you'd have to hire an expert to kind of review all the clinical notes and records that you've been provided with after um, your whatever procedure happened that went wrong. And the expert would come back and kind of let you know um, if that standard was met or not. Okay. And, and, and is that causation? or is So that's the first part. So after you kind of look at that, you also have to prove prove causation. So what causation is, is you have to show that first you did suffer harm as a result of this negligence. You also have to show that the harm that was caused to you wouldn't have happened but for that negligence. So that's usually a critical thing uh, to look at for a lot of people that have suffered um, from medical malpractice, um, mainly because sometimes um, it might have already happened anyway, but for, like even if the negligence didn't happen. So you see that a lot with delayed diagnosis of cancer cases and things like that. So that's why like, these cases are a bit onerous. So, okay, I can understand that if it happened to me, mm-hmm. but what happens if death happened to me? Then how does my family proceed? Sure. So, again, you have to keep those two things in mind, the standard of care and causation. You have to see if um, but for the negligence um, – you know, you, you wouldn't have died. So that's kind of your second step, the causation test. But of course, your family members can always start a lawsuit um, for the losses they've suffered as a result of your death. So what are some of the things or, or damages that you can actually make a claim for if you meet the standard of care and show causation? Perfect. So um, there's two types of damages. There's non-pecuniary damages and pecuniary damages. Okay, hang on. Break (laughs) break that down. What does that mean? Perfect. So um, for instance, if you've lost income as a result of this negligence, if you're going to have a future loss of earning capacity, say you were a child and you're not working now, but maybe in the future your work life's going to be different. If you're going to need future care, so if a personal support worker needs to come in and help you or you need physiotherapy or an occupational therapist, those kinds of things, you can get uh, compensation for that. And of course, there's your loss of household and handyman capacity. So, you know, help around the house, help outside the house, shoveling the snow, cutting the grass, those kinds of things. And then 
the other side of it is just your pain and suffering. You know, maybe you're not able to go for the runs that you used to love doing or go water skiing with your kids or hanging out with friends as much. There's compensation for that as well. Okay, so let's go through some of the examples of what would be considered a medical um, malpractice case. I mean, we start with a misdiagnosis. Sure. Yeah. So you might go into your to your doctor. You're complaining of certain symptoms. It's kind of dismissed, and then um, symptoms persist, and a diagnosis is made later. So um, that's kind of a delayed diagnosis, or you can consider sometimes a misdiagnosis where they think it's one thing, but it turns out to be another thing that might be more serious. That's, that's one type of thing. Um, there's sometimes things go wrong with surgical procedures. Sometimes things are kind of left in you or, or something like that when you're having surgery. Or, I mean, there's obviously all the cases we've <laughs> very clear, whoops, I cut off the wrong finger or whoops, I cut off the wrong foot. Those are very clear cut, obviously. Um, there's sometimes a lot of issues with pregnancy and childbirth and child delivery, but I would say a lot of the cases that we see coming through our office have to deal with um, wrong prescriptions delayed and delayed diagnosis of, of um, certain illnesses. So what about um, mistakes with ongoing treatment? Like if the wrong drugs are prescribed or something like that. Yeah, so we do see that a lot too. Um, that's what I would consider kind of a prescription error or sometimes the dosages are even off, which can affect things too. But you have to bear in mind that you still need to have suffered harm as a result of the negligence. You can't forget the standard of care and the causation. So those are things you do need to keep in mind. Okay, so um, what are alternatives to starting a lawsuit? Sure. So a lot of the time, if you might not necessarily be able to meet the standard of care, prove causation, or maybe it's just too traumatic to go through a lawsuit, you can make a complaint about the physician involved to the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario. A lot of the times we find with people that's kind of makes them feel better knowing that, hey, this happened to me, but I I, I don't want this to happen to someone else. Um, so a complaint is made and they kind of feel better about that. And it, it's dealt with with the physician. Does a medical malpractice suit, does it cover um, if there's uh, um, something done to you, a, a sexual assault by a doctor? Does that, or is that a separate thing? That would be a separate type of lawsuit. It wouldn't be considered medical malpractice. Obviously, you'd still be kind of suing the doctor, but it's that wouldn't be the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the, the the loss of income and earning capacity, cost of care, cost of housekeeping, plus pain and suffering. I mean, this this these could be considerable lawsuits. Yeah, that's those are all components of a lawsuit. So this, these are different claims that you would make in what's called a statement of claim mm -hmm. if you decide to sue. Um, and you would make a claim for loss of income and earning capacity. You'd make a claim for future costs of care, a claim for loss of household and handyman capacity, and a claim for what we call general damages, which is kind of like your, your pain and suffering and loss of enjoyment of life. But I don't think people really realize how expensive cost of care is. Yeah, that's a major thing that once you kind of get into the field, whether you're a treating practitioner or you're a lawyer working in this field, it kind of opens your eyes as to how much someone would need if they need 24-hour care or how much they would need if they need an occupational therapist or a rehab support worker coming in to help them out. So it is important that if you think something's gone wrong, you should kind of seek some help to see if you should be starting a claim or not. 
All right. So then somebody comes to you and they think they say something went wrong. Uh, do you hire the investigator? Do you conduct the investigation for them? Um, yeah. Usually what we would do is we'd work with the family to to either – first of all, sometimes you can tell just from looking at the facts. But most mm -hmm. of the times we would have to hire an expert to determine whether or not we think that there's a claim worth that's worth, that's worth pursuing. Um, sometimes there's a small retainer associated with that at the beginning. Other times there's not. It just depends on the circumstances um, of the case and of the family. So it kind of varies. Now, this is putting you on the spot. How successful are these suits? Because I would think that, uh, you know, large organizations like hospitals have um, pretty good legal teams behind them. They absolutely do. Um, they're, they work through the what's called the CMPA, and they hire very good counsel to protect the doctors, which we hope would happen if I was on the flip side too. Um, it depends. Like if you do your due diligence, you try to you want to minimize risk, which is why you usually try to get an expert to comment before you start issuing a claim. Um, it really depends on the case, and it really depends on factors that come up throughout the case. So hmm. that's kind of a wishy-washy answer for you, but at least <laughs> at least you know at the beginning you're kind of doing your due diligence for in most cases, or that's our kind of practice before you start the lawsuit. So is there a statute of limitations? If you if you know if if a couple of years later you go, you know, what's caused this problem is there was medical malpractice back when I had that. Yeah, there's there's statute of limitations. They vary depending on people's ages too, and um, people's also, ages. Why? Yeah. So if you're a child, you don't have like you don't have to start a lawsuit. Um, okay. Before you you turn age of majority, mm -hmm. um, and then there's also different principles depending again on the case about discoverability. Um, but the general limitation period is a two year limitation period, um, and then there are some nuances to that that are more difficult to kind of argue in in this kind of short period of time here. Um, but there are some times I'm not going to say a lot of the times a way around that, but it's usually the two years from the the date of the loss. All right. So, Lindsay, tell people where they can reach you if they need the services of a personal injury lawyer. Sure. So I work for McLeish Orlando and my email is on the website, but it's just lcharles at mcleishorlando.com. Thank you very much for joining us this evening. Great information as usual. Thank you so much for having me. This is what she said. Stay with us. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. Adding some extra sparkle to your home is easy with Glass Lighting Gallery. Now with two locations to serve you, each featuring hundreds of in-stock pennants, lamps, and chandeliers to choose from. And both come with Glass Lighting Gallery's friendly staff that will help you find the perfect lighting solution for your home. It's bling for your home at Glass Lighting Gallery, 28 Commerce Park Drive in Barrie, and now open in Aurelia at the corner of Mississauga and West Street. Visit glasslightinggallery.ca. Join us October 22nd at Bellevue Manor in Vaughan for a morning of fun, learning, and great camaraderie. Learn how to stay sharp as you age with guest speakers Dr. Vivian Brown, Dr. Nazreen Katri, and MC Camilla Scott. A wonderful morning of breakfast, entertainment, special treats, and all proceeds go to Mackenzie Health Foundation to support the Domestic Assault and Sexual Abuse Center. Go to thejoyofaging.ca 
for more info and see you on October 22nd. Saturday and Sunday evenings at 10 o'clock on Light and Refreshing, Jewel Radio. What you need to know about cyberbullying and revenge porn with lawyer Mark Donald. Getting back into the swing after summer with efficiency expert Adriana Girdler. And Brody checks out the movies. We find out what Lena is loving and jazz vocalist Eileen Joyce on her inaugural gala to benefit research into pulmonary fibrosis. And now, more women-positive news you can use. This is What She Said. What She Said said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler on Jewel Radio. I was a teenage girl. Was I already a femme fatale? I'll break your heart or yes I shall. Welcome back to What She Said. After touring the world for more than three decades and releasing 28 albums, Canada's first lady of the guitar, Leona Boyd, is back with a new album and a new autobiography, both titled No Remedy for Love. Welcome to What She Said. Thank you so much, Christine. Now, the book is described as a fascinating personal story of adventure, romance, and recovery. So tell us a little bit about that. Uh, recovered from a whole lot of things, I guess. From all Re- the romances. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did get divorced in this book. You you know the reasons why, but I am on very good terms with my ex-husband, which is great, and his new wife. But I had something that happened to my, actually not my hands at all. There's nothing wrong with these hands. Never was. But when you practice too much, you get something called musician's focal dystonia. So I actually quit for six years, and I go into all that. What happened, it was very devastating to me. But then I reinvented myself as a singer-songwriter. So I look back now and think it's the very best thing that ever happened. I've been so productive. I've had five albums produced uh, of all my own original music since I came back. And then, of course, last year I had recovery from breaking my shoulder and my knee. I have a house Mm -hmm. in Palm Beach, and I'd never broken a bone in my life, but there was a piece of cardboard left in my garage uh, by me (laughs) (laughs) after we'd been cutting coconuts. And I live alone, and bam, you know, down I went, shattering my bones, was completely helpless, and I had to scream for 15 minutes till the Palm Beach Fire Department rescued me and... Uh, and goodness, and, and somebody heard you. Blaring sirens, taking me over to the trauma unit in West Palm Beach. And then I had to wait because there were no hospital beds in Toronto. But anyway, four days later, I was flown in a Learjet. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I had been in a Learjet since the days of Gordon Lightfoot. And uh, here I was on morphine on a stretcher. I thought, wow, this is a movie I didn't really <laughs> envision. But I recovered and I was in rehab at Bridgepoint and here I am. And it never affected my guitar playing. In fact, in the hospital, I finished writing one of the songs that's on the new album. It's a tribute to Gordon Lightfoot and Ronnie Hawkins is a special guest. And that was such a treat to record with him. Wow. And Gordon loves the song. We just did a festival together not long ago. And he's very, very touched that I would write this song for him. And it uses a lot of his famous lines intertwined with some of mine. And I want to do a tribute because, he, you know, he kind of put me on the map in the 70s way back then. That's good. Well, the new album takes us through your love for the planet, animals, love, and yes. and the place you now call home. You're here, you're Toronto, Toronto. And Ontario. Yes, many types of love. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So, and a fun fact for people that don't know, you've been the pen pal of uh, Prince Philip for over thirty years, and you performed yes. for him most recently in Windsor Castle. Just, yes, well, that was this year. Like, this year. Yes, so. he is an amazing man. I mean, he just loves my music. 
has been so supportive all these years. I have so many letters, I can't even count them. And he's my best pen pal because he writes back immediately. <laughs> How did that and, friendship uh, start? Uh, I guess when, well, you know, I dated Pietro for eight years. So he invited me to give a little performance for the Queen and Prince Philip. And I played for the Queen a few times. But this last time it was just for Prince Philip. And um, we just started... Uh, not as I was about to say emailing. No, we never email. Just started writing. And I found out he writes, oh, he types all his letters. I used to write them, and now he types them all himself. I figured he had a page or somebody, you know, taking dictation. Mm -hmm. And uh, he shared a lot of his life, and I got permission from him. Uh, when I went over there to play in Windsor Castle, mm -hmm. I wrote a song, and which I dedicated to him, called Love of the Horse, because he and the Queen have been involved in all kinds of equestrian mm -hmm. events, as you know, over mm -hmm. the years. And uh, he jokingly said to me in one of the letters, and some of my best friends are horses. <laughs> He's so witty. Yeah, and, you know. um, so, and he probably will have more time to write now that he is officially retired. Yes. He's, he, the last letter he wrote to me just recently said he was, it was a curious feeling knowing that all these things he was going to was sort of the last time. It was kind of the end of a chapter mm -hmm. in his life. But he's enjoyed. He, he's done thousands of tens of thousands of these events. And uh, he paints, though. I saw some of his paintings when I was in, in Windsor, which were, were beautiful pastoral but, scenes. But back to you. You've uh -huh. also just re-released your best-selling 1998 autobiography, In My Own Key, My yes. Life in Love and Music, which covers your career and your eight-year romance with Pierre Trudeau. So what's In that? paperback this time. Okay, so two books out Cheap. and a new album. What's next for you? Oh, who knows? I never planned my life out. Uh, <laughs> I've got a little book tour. I'm playing. Uh, I've got some Christmas concerts getting booked here mm -hmm. in Toronto on the 25th of November. Um, I have a wonderful new duo partner. He's 26 years old. He's gorgeous. He's a model too. 6'4". And Trust sings you. like the tenor. <laughs> oh, no, the story of how I, I met him through my mother and through Ronnie Hawkins. It's very... Very strange how this whole thing happened. <laughs> uh, and he is a fantastic classical guitarist. He has a degree in classical guitar and in voice. I mean, who would have known? He lives in Waterloo. Wow. And his parents are big fans. They come to every concert. <laughs> we did a whole tour last year, and we're looking forward to many more. Where can people get more details about the new book and album, and if they haven't yet read your first book? Um, well, I guess they're available on Amazon, on Indigo, through my website, which is... Um, leonaboyd.com. Um, yeah, the first book is full of so much adventure, all my adventures around the world and, you know, crazy things I did like playing for OJ and, I mean, OJ Jury and and concert halls catching fire. and <laughs> uh, But, I mean, there's still quite a bit of drama. I moved seven times on my own in the new book. Yeah. <laughs> and my Latin lovers and living in Miami and then moving to Connecticut. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking forward to the read. Leona, thanks so much for joining us again. You Thank have to come you. back and spend a bit more time. And I hope you love the album because I'm so proud of it. I'm sure I, I will. And that is it for What She Said Tonight. Do join us again tomorrow night at 10 p.m. And in the meantime, don't forget to check us out on whatshesaidtalk.com. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, break your heart. Oh, yes, I shall. But time just ended a sudden fan Oh, break your heart. Oh, yes, I shall. But time just ended a It is.
is your favorite girl. That's right, it's the Ali Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at Let's Take This Outside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.